Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you use promo code DNVR, new customers, you can make any $5 bet and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets if you win. That's only with code DNVR and only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on this undefeated edition of the DNVR Rockies podcast, we are joined by a frequent and favorite guest from Purple Row, Mr. Kenneth Weber. What's going on, K-Dub? Not too much, man. The Rockies are scoring runs in bunches right now. The, uh, the whole dead offense thing apparently just seems to be uh, a thing of the past. Rockies are looking strong right now. They are 3-0, and the only undefeated team in spring training. We'll talk about what that means. It, it doesn't mean the same thing as it might in the NFL in the regular season, because we're not in the regular season, mm-hmm. so it means even less, but it definitely means something. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit today. We'll celebrate some birthdays for, for people that were born on a leap year. Mm-hmm. We'll answer your questions. So that's a good time to jump in the chat. What do you, what do you want to know from this spring training about this season or even about the future of the franchise? Because that's kind of what this three and zero start, I believe, uh, is, is really tied to. And of course we'll look around the NL West and kind of figure out not how the West will be won, but why, mm-hmm. what are those reasons? The context, the context. Absolutely. Uh, Rockies are three and zero. They win again on Monday, seven to three, against the Oakland A's. Or, or was it the Las Vegas Aviators? It's really hard to decipher between the two rosters at this point. The Tyler Soder, uh, Soderstroms. That's about it. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, Pache maybe someday. Yeah, yeah. Their their roster is uh, is rough looking. They don't get the benefit of the doubt that teams like Tampa Bay, where you look and you might struggle to name. Mm-hmm. Six hitters on their team, let's say, uh, but you just have that confidence that they're going to be okay. And Oakland have had those kind of years. They've had they've had that going for them in the past, but right now is just not one of those times. Their owner, I think, is really trying to force the hand of of everyone to to get something, to get some kind of resolution. And having a really bad team like this can be helpful. Yeah, tanking in baseball is kind of a unique monster because for a lot of other sports leagues, it's you see Connor Bedard is coming and we need that dude. And there's a little bit when a Bryce Harper comes around maybe, but for the most part, the Oakland A's are tanking to get out of Oakland. And that's kind of the hard part to watch is you mentioned during the Moneyball era, the the A's were smarter than everybody else and they were able to do more with less. And now they're just trying to have as little as possible to make a move outside of Oakland easier. And that's the ugly part of it all. I mean, honestly, they're just trying to they're trying to get out and restart the franchise. Yeah, it's a tank. To make more bank, right? Mm. To get a new stadium. It's a good way of looking at it. That's it. I mean, I feel like if, if the ballpark was named after some kind of bank, you could say it's the tank for the bank, you know? Like, we'll, we'll have to figure out if, if that ends up working. They did you Mount th- Davis. That was a bit of a bank that they, they did a sure. homage to. Do you think uh, do you think they're going to end up in, in Las Vegas or no? Yeah, I do. I do. I just, I mean, the, the success of um the the golden knights and then obviously the raiders making that moves just sets the precedent las vegas is a market now for professional for for professional teams it is and they're going to do everything in their power to to capitalize on that market i don't think that's going to happen no because i think it's vital for mlb to have las vegas in the conversation for expansion and we'll, we're going to talk about that later on this week uh with some of our guests thursday and friday uh but i i think it's vital for the price tag that they're going to put out on this maybe it's two billion mm-hmm. don't know but i think you need one of those spots really short up so that the second one 
you know, you're going to have either Nashville or Vancouver or Montreal, whoever it might be, Charlotte, like really battling and saying like, oh, okay, if, if we balk at it, somebody else can really slide in. So we just have to pay that price. Vegas is going to pay that. It's going to be a non-issue. So I think you need Las Vegas in that expansion realm. It's it's like a, it's business, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at it from that perspective. So I hadn't thought about it until the second, but, you know, I I wonder if at some point, Again, if we weren't talking about expansion, Oakland goes to Las Vegas, done. That, yeah. it, it almost should have already happened in a sense. Um, but are we going to see maybe another city or MLB trying to push the A's onto another city and say, hey, Vancouver, you guys are pretty good, or, or Portland, you know, keeping them on the West Coast? Because if the, if the A's end up going to Las Vegas, we know Nashville's going to be an expansion team. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have another team in Charlotte? Or team in Portland. I think Charlotte might make more sense in Portland, but now you have a little bit more of an imbalance between East and West. Now you have two expansion teams out in the East, almost in the same general area. So maybe you're going to have to get the A's to go to Portland, to Vancouver. Working theory just came up with it, but I love it. No, I, I think there's a lot of merit to it. And I think what you're getting at is kind of the way that Tampa Bay was being treated for a lot of the 80s and the 90s. Because yeah. like even San Francisco, which you know San Francisco now as this stalwart, it will never leave, you know, the Giants will never leave San Francisco is kind of the way that it is now. That wasn't really the case, though, um, in the early 90s. Tampa right. Bay was being used as a big bargaining chip to get them what is essentially their new you know, Pacific Bell, whatever it's called now, um, stadium. And Las Vegas is kind of that same token. You know, the right. way that Seattle and San Francisco got a new stadium was threatening Tampa Bay. Ultimately, they waited and used Tampa Bay as an expansion franchise. So there's definitely precedence for it. Um, I also think, though, that there's just such so many restrictions for Oakland being able to move right now, especially within California. Um, and the city of Oakland has made it clear by losing the Warriors and the Raiders that they're not going to give in. And so there's really nowhere else for them to go, and the situation just seems untenable. So that's my only theory on why Las Vegas will probably happen, is time is running out to do something with Oakland. Because the stadium is crumbling around them. They have nowhere else to go in California. Portland doesn't seem to be trying to you know, make it happen with a new team, the same way that, uh, Sam, or that Oakland is not doing it with a new stadium. So it's do it or get off the pot time a little bit for Oakland and, and Major League Baseball. Yeah. Rockies are doing it so they can stay on the pot as long as they want again. <laughs> 3-0, victory. Uh, Peter Lambert looking really good in mm-hmm. that start. Two innings. Again, he's only made two starts for the Rockies in the big leagues since 2019. Uh, really solid rookie season, making that debut at Wrigley. Had a couple of hits as well. Then his second start was against the Cubs back when they were the real Cubs, yep. you know, not, not, not what they are now. So uh, it's nice to see Lambert on that comeback trail as a guy who could still do it and still young. I think he's 25 still. So, I mean, uh, he, he has a lot more of a track. He has a track record. Unfortunately, we can't say that about Ryan Rollison yet. Yep. So it's nice to see Lambert there because he's a really good depth piece where if he's healthy, he's going to be helpful. Long reliever, maybe eventually in the bullpen at some point. Um, but right now, if you can really build that arm up, it, it's good to have a, a, a starting pitcher uh, with his kind of upside. Definitely. And and so it's it's such a weird uh, situation for him and Rollison because there's three years of inactivity. So what is it going to look like from yeah. what it used to be to what's showing up now? And at least on the initial impressions from his first spring start, there was a good changeup, real good dive on that changeup um, that could be used as an out pitch. And that breaking ball still has some sharpness to it. The velocity on the fastball is, you know, an average uh, range and so is the command. So um, fastball might not play up necessarily, but you can have two good secondary offerings and an average fastball. That's at least a major league pitcher that looked like it's still there. And that's important for the Rockies because, I mean, pitching depth has not been a thing over the past couple of seasons. It's perpetually been when Rollison and Lambert are healthy, then we'll have some depth. So it's good to at least see him against major league competition or whatever you want to call Oakland. And showing the capability and the capacity to to be a big league uh you know effective big league pitcher whether it's a starter or a reliever yeah we can say that they they beat a franchise yesterday yeah they, they might it, have been it, beat a team they beat a franchise yeah people that are paid to hit he got out yeah so yeah, there's at least that it gets clunky when you start trying to bog <laughs> it down so we'll just yeah we'll we'll abbreviate that as much as possible a's hitters were kept hitless by rockies pitchers for six and two-thirds innings really impressive so props to connor siebold Logan Allen, who's an interesting left-handed reliever mm-hmm. option now, former starter, and uh, Stephen Jones, or if you prefer to include his middle name, Stephen F. Jones. 
So don't mess around <laughs> with him. Uh, Siebold's an interesting guy that they uh, that they were able to pick up in a trade. Now he was he was basically waived by Boston, uh, but instead of seeing what would happen if he goes through waivers, because if he goes, how waivers works is your entire league gets the opportunity to pick you up, right? So there's a chance that the Yankees or the Blue Jays or Orioles would have picked up Connor Siebold, and the Red Sox don't don't want to see this guy anymore because they know his upside, right? It was kind of a numbers crunch. Corey Kluber was the guy they signed. So instead they go, actually, we'll take a little bit less on the dollar. Uh, they weren't going to get anything otherwise. Mm-hmm. And let's go ahead and ship him to the National League. Uh, so he comes to Colorado. But he's he's actually technically a Colorado kid, lived for a period of time in Castle Rock, loved his time with the Rockies. Uh, he was even at Game 163. Uh, and here he is actually right now discussing uh, his love of Troy Tulowitzki. I mean, I can only control what I can control. Like, my job right now is to just go out and get guys out and hope that I can make a good word for myself with Bud and D. Scott. And if it goes well, who knows what happened? I mean, I think I'm in a good spot to potentially be able to help the big league club. Out there, I was, I was so filled up with adrenaline that I didn't really get to, uh, you know, sit back and enjoy the moment that much. But um, no, I, I, it's, it feels great. I mean, I think this is a really good fit for me. And I mean, I, like, I, like you said, I have ties there and it's good to, uh, it's good to be wearing the black and purple. I want to say that I had a Tulo jersey. I want to say that was actually, that might've been the one and only that I had, but uh, I mean, it's not a bad one to have. Big Tulo fan, loving those vibes. We're all Tulo fans. Dude, well, on social media, when, when a Tulo clip goes up, mm-hmm. it, it blows up like crazy. He was the best shortstop in baseball. But, I mean, I was at game 163, too. I, I, maybe I was rubbing elbows with Connor, and I just didn't realize it at the time. But, it, I mean, that's a way to fall in love with the Rockies franchise, honestly, was that stretch in 07, that game in particular. I still say that'll probably be the best game I'll ever see in my life. Yeah. I mean, so, there, you know, he was able to witness something special, and that resonates. You know, that's what brings people like Larry Walker to Colorado in the first place, was playing in that opening day game and being in that atmosphere. So, I can definitely see where he's coming from. I, I said it last week uh, when I called in to the show from an hour, from Arizona. It if you did a survey uh, of this Rocky Mountain region and you said, "Were you at Game One Sixty Three? Two hundred fifty thousand people would have checked the <laughs> yes box. I feel like that's where we're at. Pierce Johnson also said he was at Game One Sixty Three. Yeah, uh, I think I can. I think I can run off just fifty thousand people off the top of my head that have told me that they've gone. Not not disparaging you. Uh-huh. It's just one of those numbers I've, that continues to grow, doesn't it? Yeah, I feel like you put me <laughs> on that list, whether you say it or not. But no, I mean it's it's <laughs> it's one of the few things with the Rockies where you can say Blake Street Bombers, and there's an immediate reaction. There's something that immediately comes to mind. Game one sixty three is one of those few things in the history of the Rockies where it's oh that you know it's that synonymous with the franchise. So you know. At least you remember where you were. You remember the game. You remember watching it. If you say you were there and you're a liar, eh, I don't blame you. Yeah. Because it was that important in the history of the team. And the Rockies have had multiple Game 163s. That MLB has had many Game 163s. But to your point, when you say Game 163, you think about Matt Holiday touching home plate. How's it going, Padres fans? <laughs> That's what you think about. We still hold that over your head. Uh, Chris Bryant, first spring training homer, top of the first also drew a walk. The guy is feeling really good right now, and you can see it with the expression on his face. Again, if you're watching on the DNVR Sports channel on YouTube, you're going to see a very happy Chris Bryant here talking about his second game. The energy's really good. Um, the results are there, which is always nice to see um, this early in spring. But I don't know. It feels like a, everybody's got an awesome attitude this early. Everybody's pulling for one another. A lot of energy and meaningless spring training games. So um, I think everybody's just excited to kind of forget last year and move on with this year. It's been a minute since you hit a home run in a Rockies uniform. How did it feel? Good. Yeah. I mean, anytime you hit a homer is good, but I don't know about wasting them in spring. Um, <laughs> so one's good. Maybe kind of save the rest of them for the year. <laughs> that's why he's called uh, KB Smiles. That's where that's where he's called Sparkles. Yeah. You know. Dude, I mean, he's GQ material. He is. And that road power is real. He showed it again yesterday. He did. Yeah, May, June, when is he his first home at Coors? I'm not July? Willing, I'm not willing to put anything. Let's let's uh let's go opening day. Did, oh, home opener or opening day? Home oh, opener. home opener because we're talking about home. Yeah. Okay, I like yeah, I'm going to ask you in a little bit who's going to hit the most home runs this year and I think there's three choices and there's I think there's 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 only one safe pick. 
I feel there's only one safe pick, whereas the other two are wild cards. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, he's looking good, mm-hmm. Chris Bryant. You know, the energy is really good in the clubhouse. In fact, the clubhouse itself has a has a slightly different layout. So uh, along one of the walls is all catchers. It's it's been like that. It'll stay like that. Um, but now you've got you've got kind of the captains, the Rockies four captains, if you will, at the center of the clubhouse. In the past, those guys you know, would usually be in the corners where it was like harder to get to them, where there'd be tables and they'd, they'd sit around talking uh, with their teammates. But now in the in, in the middle of the pack there, Bard, Blackman, Freeland, McMahon, those guys are there. And even the clubhouse uh, manager, you know, Tiny, Tiny Ponarelli said, you know what, even in the showers, boom, I got some new shampoo. I got new soap in there. We're mixing it up. And so, you know, those could be some of the little things mm-hmm. maybe to, to change not going to say the culture, but maybe the chemistry. And certainly, as we've seen so far, this 3-0 start in spring training, pump the brakes, but it certainly changed the energy. This is the wonderful time about spring training. This is the fresh start. This is the new opportunity, the new season. Yeah. A lot of good feelings going on with it right now. And, and like obviously, you know, we joke when we bash on Oakland a little bit, but it's hard to imagine that they're coming into this season feeling very optimistic. It's hard to imagine that there's a lot of good feelings going on within that clubhouse. There's a lot of opportunities and some guys might be able to establish themselves, but are they really looking up and saying, you know what, this can be a turning point for us this year. This could be that that big year after you've watched Matt Chapman and Matt Olson leave. You've been shipping out, you know, the best starting pitching that you have along the way. It's a really tough spot for a team like that. For a team like the Rockies, you got Tovar in camp. Yeah. You're seeing Zach Veen really do it against some major league competition right now. It's a good time to start fresh a little bit, and you know it, that's that's indicative of, of that uh, you know dialogue within the clubhouse right now. Yeah, vibes are are great in that clubhouse. Vibes are great here at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York, where if you're a diehard, you're getting 15 percent off your entire tab. Whether that's Brick Brew, whether those are shots, whether you're buying rounds, you're getting 15% off for being a diehard access to the diehards only Discord, where we have some wonderful conversations that might not be appropriate for Twitter, uh, you know, offline, meeting people in the community, or just saying things, getting things off our chest in a safe environment. <laughs> that's what the diehards only Discord is all about. 20% off dnvrlocker.com on all the gear, and 20% off watch parties and party party buses that we have going on. In fact, that will include the April 29th game. Uh, that we will be having a little get-together at Coors Field for the Diamondbacks. It's a Saturday, you know, hang out, come to the bar, drive over to the stadium with us in the bus. You also get a little bit of a voucher uh, while you're at Coors Field. You get you get a shirt. There's there's a lot of benefits uh, to that, and that's April 29th. Tickets not on sale yet, but they are going to sell like hotcakes. It's going to be a really good time, and you're going to get 20% off on that if you are a diehard. If you've been hurt, well, guess what? Fear not, because Backus and Shanker are here to help. They win for Colorado families. Uh, they've done so to the tune of $1 billion for all of their clients, and they'll work for you for free. Until they win you any money, you don't have to worry about paying anything. So no upfront fees, no fees until they work on your case. They'll even talk to you about your case beforehand. It's really nice how they do that. They got locations serving all over Colorado with neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins, Backus and Janker has the strength and power to win your case. They've got 30 lawyers, 100 folks on staff. They're get, definitely getting the job done, and they can help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. So that could be a car accident, motorcycle, ride chair, pedestrian trucks, you name it. They can even help if you've been injured at work. So call them at 222-2222. So Connor Seabold's jersey as a kid, it's Tulos, mm-hmm. all Tulos. Two 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 to find out if you have a case because Bacchus and Shanker for free they will they will let you know if you've got a case because Bacchus and Shanker they win and if you want to win this fantasy season football season's dead all hail baseball season and all hail RotoWire yes I am so excited for this because we're partnering with them they're partnering with us RotoWire does a good job they they show me some love with my tweets so like. If you're following me on Twitter, okay, cool, great. You're getting a, you're getting a lot of information, you're getting a lot of Rocky stuff, a lot of baseball stuff. But if you're playing fantasy baseball and you just want to know what's going on with the Rockies, 
Rotowire, he's got the Patrick Lyons tweets right there for you so you can find out, hey, is Crone in the lineup? Is he out? What's going on with Chris Bryant? Is he coming back off the IL? You're also getting it from all 30 MLB teams. That's what Rotowire is doing. They've been a pioneer for fantasy sports for 25 plus years. That's where I started doing my fantasy sporting with uh, is Rotowire. They got cheat sheets, custom player rankings to fit all leagues. That's one of the best pieces that, depending on the league that you're in, you can basically set up a draft board that will look at those kind of variables. So you might have a league that's a little bit quirky and almost values stolen bases more than anything else. Or if they're counting home runs and slugging percentage. Well, now you're double dipping on home runs. So now it makes those guys who hit home runs all the more valuable. Rotowire is going to help you with your preseason draft format. So you're not done in May going, man, I didn't have a very good draft. I didn't have my head wrapped around it. Rotowire will make sure that that works. Got mock drafts, ask the expert function, premium fantasy draft kits, custom start, sit, add, drop, trade advice, lineup optimizers, access to fantasy, just so many really great options. And it's not just for baseball. You know, they do football, they have golf, soccer, NASCAR, XFL. Whoa. Look, when I first got into soccer, I had to go to Rotowire because that's really the best way to kind of learn about a sport mm-hmm. and learn about the players is you got to be invested and you got to know all these little guys here and there, you know, who's underrated, who's undervalued, who are the superstars. If you kind of, if you've got some skin in the game in that way, you're going to learn a lot more. So if you're looking to get back into baseball and you're looking to, to win your fantasy league, make sure it's with Rotowire and all these really great services. Right now, for a limited time, Rotowire is offering a two day trial for our listeners. Best part, you don't have to put your credit card in. You don't have to do one of those kind of deals. Nope. Just go ahead and sign up. Two-day trial. So you get to see all the amazing things on their menu. Just go to rotowire.com slash DNVR. That's the site you got to go to to register. No commitments. They're so confident, again, that you're going to like the product that you don't have to use a credit card. Take a peek behind the paywall. And when your trial is done, you can decide if Rotowire is the package that's right for you. It's rotowire.com slash DNVR. Rockies catchers, homers on back-to-back days, Elias Diaz, two-run home run. Do you know how many times the Rockies have had two different catchers homer on back-to-back days in the regular season? In the team history? Yes. I'm going to go four. Okay, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I feel like But I thought good. it was a really good question <laughs> that I would love to know the answer to and you know, ran out of time, ran out of uh uh, the ability to do it, Stathead has certain limitations. That's one of those things where they go, yeah, we're not going to add a new wrinkle so you can find out some dumb stat like that. Only, I'd like to know. Only you could find the wall on Stathead. Oh, I found it. <laughs> I found the, the back wall many a times there, unfortunately. It, I'm sure it's happened plenty Jeff of times. Jeff Reed and Kurt Manwaring. Oh, so many. Middle of July. So many of those combinations. Maybe Gary Bennett there um, mm. on an opening day start. I don't, I don't think he had a... Opening day home run. Ryan McMahon is still hot. Two more hits for that crusty old veteran. <laughs> Not bad. I did show him that title, and, and he laughed. Like It's so obvious. If you're 28 years old, in no world are you a crusty old veteran. or Unless, unless we're talking like Girl Scouts. If you're yeah. 28, you're still in Girl Scouts. <laughs> then maybe that would be considered old. But in pro sports, 28 is not crusty and old. It's tongue-in-cheek. Well, when the average age, you know, is going to be, what, 29 and a half, 31, somewhere in that range. But, you know, being 28 is relatively old uh, when it comes to professional athletes. Uh, So, I mean, just a lot of experience that that McMahon has garnered over the years. And when you see somebody like Tovar, fresh-faced 21-year-old, yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. Zach Veen, also 21 years old, drew a walk yesterday, but not a hit. Did not get a hit. He got a hit in the first two games, Mm -hmm. not in game three. Let's send him back down to high A, right? He needs more seasoning. Yeah. Right? Because he didn't get a hit in the spring training. Yeah, and he needs to get better at stealing bases. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's been like 10 minutes. He hasn't stolen bases. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, through, the first, through the first three games, Rockies are hitting 339 right now. Team batting average is highest in the bigs this spring. The reason why this is really this bodes really well, it's a three-game stretch. Yeah, it's how the season starts, but we got to wait and see what happens going forward. The prospects jump in these games in the middle of it early on, and, and especially late, uh, later on in spring when the, when the big leaguers are getting two, maybe three at-bats. So they're, they're not letting, letting off the, the gas pedal. So when these young guys are coming in the game, they're beating the other young guys from the other team. Mm-hmm. So the big league guys are having success. The minor league guys are having success. And so, again, that bodes really well for the future of the franchise right now. Small sample size, grain of salt, spring training. But you know what? 
if you can find something to get excited about, you might as well. Well, it also it shows why these prospects are on the map, on the radar in the first place, or That's getting right. added to the forty man roster. I mean, Grant Levine, I think, has has a dinger up to this point. So you get to see, uh, you know, what makes him a special hitter. Uh, Julio Carreras is a doubles machine and is immediately showing that. Oh yeah. Um, Zach Veen, obviously, you know that that goes without saying because there's a lot of eyes on him in this camp. But there's a reason why these guys have been brought up so much, and now you actually get to see it. Um, and they're, you know, why they're in the conversation, what those skills are. In yesterday's A's Rockies game, both Kevin Crone and CJ Crone mm-hmm. played in that game. Their father, Chris, uh, is a coach with the A's. Yep. It was nice to see the whole Crone family there. How many players on the 40 man roster right now can you name uh, that have a brother in what, the major that leagues? That have a or- brother? Oh, uh, we got. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, bad just there. have a brother in general. You know, yes. Siblings. That, uh, you have a sibling. No, they have a brother that's played in the major leagues. Uh, so, uh, Peter Lambert's brother, Jimmy, I believe, with the uh, Chicago White Sox. Ding. Uh, that's the first one that comes to mind. I'm sure you have a nice slew waiting for me. So, Daniel, Crone, obviously. Daniel Bard's brother, uh, Luke Bard. Okay. Um, is he, Bard. he was in the Rays at the beginning of last year, and then mm-hmm. the Yankees ended up picking him up. And um, so, he's one. In the minors, although now this guy's not on the 40 man, so it's, it's those three, right? It's the Lamberts, Crones, and the Bards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in non roster guys, Cole Tucker, his brother Carson, uh, is is in the Guardians organization, uh, was drafted 23rd overall okay. in 2020. One pick before his brother was. His brother was a was a 24th overall pick. So Carson Tucker. Yeah, he's got that on his, his brother right now. Uh, Jordan Sheffield, mm-hmm. no longer with the organization right now. He's just kind of out there as a minor league free agent. His brother Justice uh, is, a, is a big league guy. I believe also a free agent. Justices, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the Sheffields are a package. Deal I was gonna say, like in Little somewhere. League, like in Little League. So you know, the mom or dad or whoever doesn't have to take them to two separate games. If you draft one, <laughs> you draft the other. Yeah. those are the Little League rules, you right? Yeah, carpool. it makes a lot of sense. It's 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 uh, efficient. When you were here last time, we talked about Tim Lopes. Mm-hmm. Should bring him up again. His brother Christian Lopes played in the majors. Tim is now with uh, the Padres. Those are some of them. Four hundred thirty-seven brothers have uh, have played in the major leagues. Wow. So that's that's not bad. And so maybe the Tuckers will be 438. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, the, the most interesting brother duo right now has to be in San Francisco, right? The Rogers, that's yeah, right. The Rogers pen. Yeah. It's it's amazing that uh, Taylor and Tyler Rogers, twin brothers, that they're on the same team. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll see them in the same game. I don't think that's ever happened where uh, twin brothers have played or pitched in the same game like that. Um, but one's a righty, one's a lefty. One is sidearm and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a little submarine. The other one's over the top. So it's like they are, they're totally different in that oh, way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The, yeah. The junk submariner and then the hard throwing lefty. There's going to be a situation where one comes in for the other with inherited runners on and he better do his job. Yeah. You got to pick your brother up. You do. Not just your teammate, your brother. You can't pick him your brother, good. brother. Absolutely. Uh, in the chat, Mark pointing out, you know, Lambert and Rawlson are two guys, you know, to help them maybe get to 500. Mm-hmm. They were kind of, they've really been players that the Rockies have needed to, uh, and needed to count on the last two years. They unfortunately have not been healthy and the Rockies have unfortunately not been good uh, without that lack of depth. And then uh, also pointing out to undefeated Rockies had to go back because there was a question that I did get someone sliding in the DMs. Again, if you're in our chat right now, go ahead and ask away on the Dean VR Sports channel on YouTube if you've got any questions for Kenneth and I. But the question that Jay asked on Twitter was, he said, I need the Patty stats on the Rockies spring training record and if they've got any correlation to regular season, dot, dot, dot. Did go ahead and say, I know these games don't really mean that much, but I want some numbers to back up my probably senseless optimism. And so, yes, of course, Jay, you are correct. Uh, In the Rockies' 30 spring training seasons going into this year, they've had 17 winning records, 10 losing records, and then three years in which they were they were at 500. Mm -hmm. And yes, you can you can tie games uh, in spring training, as we saw on Saturday's uh, clock off. Um, So 17 winning records. Not that many, actually, for them mm-hmm. uh, in, in the regular season for that. In their playoff years, again, if you want to look at 2007, they were one game over 500. 2009, they were at 500. 2017, they were one game over. And then in 2018, they were actually five games under 500. They were very good in 1995. However, that year uh, in spring training, you did have other, all the replacement players. Mm-hmm. Um, so to my knowledge, there's n- there's nowhere that you can really find 
you know, the record in like February, March when it was replacement players. And then in April when it was really short and they were able to, to figure it out. And it was actually the big leaguers getting ready. So they, they were good that year in 95, but I, I don't know how many of them were, were the true Rockies players, you know? Yeah. The circumstances of that one are just so so different. And uh, any strike-shortened season, right. um, spring training always is the first thing that suffers. So, uh, you know, correlation-wise, it's just enjoy the baseball for being around because it's very hard to make any ties between what the action in spring training is and how that's going to translate to the regular season. And that applies to players, too. You can go out there and you can see some guy have a 600 spring and you're like, this is the dude this year. And then he comes out and he doesn't even last a month before he gets set back down. So... A little bit of a grain of salt is always the way to look at spring training. Who do you have right now as your most interesting player in in camp of of the what is it sixty two guys um, that that were invited? Who mm-hmm. is, and is it Riley Pint? I mean, I mean, there's always the narrative <laughs> with Riley Pint that comes into it. Uh, you know, there's always been the skill with Cole Tucker. And it, you know, Ooh. we've talked about this a couple of different times with Harold Castro feeling almost destined to kind of getting a bench spot. Sure. Um, Man, if Cole Tucker has a turnaround and there's a swing adjustment that occurs and he can now be a up-the-middle, short second center field piece, look at Garrett Hampson, but better with the bat is what the capability is for Cole Tucker. And it's just whether or not that shows up, that's the thing to look for. So that's a very interesting and intriguing piece for me. But there's potential. There's there's upside there. There's there's plenty of upside in game time tickets. Uh, I. It is the hottest new app, but it's also been around for a while because I've used it to go to shows at Red Rocks where an hour before the show, boom, I got tickets for 15 bucks. It's fantastic if you wait closer to the start of an event. It's really convenient if you're hanging out in a city. We were talking about this yesterday. Now with the games being so short, it's much less of a commitment to go to a baseball game where it's almost like going to a movie. True story. So like, hey, I'm downtown in Seattle, San Francisco, whatever it is. I'm waiting to, uh, for about an hour until first pitch. It's as Brendan Vogt likes to say, it's it's almost like a dating site for people that are trying to make a connection, right? Hey, I've got a ticket I can't use. I don't want to burn it. I don't want to lose money on it. And you're looking for a ticket. Hey, it's a match made in heaven. That works out great. Everybody wins and you save money on it. You can even get tickets way in advance for all kinds of events on game time tickets. 15 million folks uh, have downloaded the app already to score the best seats for events of, of all kinds, concerts as well, besides just sporting events, hit the link in our description. That's a good place to really start because uh, it helps us out in a major way and help yourself out by using code DNVR when you sign up to DraftKings Sportsbook because all you got to do is place a $5 bet. And when that wins, we're talking $200 in bonus bets for you instantly. You don't have to wait one bit. It's going to be there for you right away to go. Have more fun. Have some more of those NBA same game parlays. No sweat same game parlays, which are even better than that. You can bet on all kinds of over-unders on the seasons. I love the head-to-head matchups that they've got. So you've got two teams, you know, Boston and Chicago, the Cubs. Who's going to win more games? My DraftKings pick of the week yesterday was Boston to win more games than the Cubs. They also have some fun ones to battle for Ohio. So Cleveland's clearly going to have a way better record than Cincinnati, but by how many games? So give a couple games to Cincinnati. That's one of the fun things uh, that DraftKings is doing. It's really kind of challenging your knowledge and your ability to say, hey, there's value here, and there's always value on DraftKings Sportsbook, especially when you're looking at those end-of-year bets too. Rookie of the Year award, Tovar's kind of the favorite for the Rockies uh, as far as he has the best odds of of doing that. Brendan Rodgers has even said, Hey, we're going to do everything we can to help him, mm-hmm. you know, get the get the Rookie of the Year award and and be like Jason Jennings and, and join that uh, exclusive group. Very exclusive. Yes, two guys. Yeah. We're hoping. We'll see. Uh, but Tover is not the favorite, so you're going to get really good odds over on DraftKings Sportsbook. Where again, using promo code DNVR allows you to make a five dollar bet that when it hits, you get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And see on my screen right now, we have got Susie Hunter coming in from Arizona. Another press box. Love the drop ceiling behind you. Always great. You're not you're not there uh, covering an athletics game, so we're not going to have any possums coming out of the ceiling today, are we? <laughs> Unfortunately, no possums. will probably come out of the ceiling. Um, but yeah, I am at Surprise Stadium. It took me forever to find where you're supposed to pick up a press pass. So literally just got settled in the press box. As you can see, it is very scenic right now. 
Yeah, that's nice. So Bud Black did not talk this morning. I'm guessing it's just the media request. Just so many, you know, baseball outlets wanting to talk about the only three and O undefeated team in spring training. How is Bud holding up uh, under this pressure of an undefeated season? Yeah, so much pressure. You know what? He will say he will be the first to say we are three games into spring training. So don't read too much into it. Has he decided who is going to start game one? Of the NLDS. Oh, did you think uh, I meant game one of the season? No, NLDS. Who's starting game one? Has he decided? I haven't asked him <laughs> yet. I haven't even asked him who's going to start the season yet. I'm warming up to it. I'm warming up to it. That's fantastic. Yeah, The this morning, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to uh, talk with the guys in the clubhouse. It's a little bit of a different experience. You know, uh, one of the reasons why I, I liked going down like that first week there's not games, so everybody's in one place at once, whereas you kind of have the harder assignment where, yeah, clubhouse is open for a little bit, but then you got to go to a game. It's nice when it's at Salt River Fields, uh, but when they're kind of off campus there, you got you to figure out where the best spot is to go. So you have, you've, had to, you've had to deal with uh, those kind of details uh, the last couple of days. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, definitely, definitely been a lot of logistics. And you know I'm not exactly the best planner. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> trying to figure out, okay, do I wait here at Salt River? Do I come here? Then this is um, it's a very confusing area. They don't call it surprise for nothing. Yes, that's one of the least nicest facilities. I mean, all it's funny. The ones that are kind of northwest and then southwest are just not great. Like, surprise is just it's kind of a ho-hum there where the Royals and uh, Rangers are at. And then I also think that's kind of true of, of Peoria. Actually, no, Peoria is Northwest too. So both of those out there, Peoria's got the oldest complex there where the Mariners and, and, uh, and, and Padres are. But um, are, it's spring training, so it's still – it's a nice ballpark, right? It's just, it's just not Salt River Fields, right? I mean, nothing is Salt River Fields. I will say I'm looking out at the – beautiful field right now the field is immaculate here so they've got i'll send a picture in in a little bit but the grass looks great so jack lighters on the hill for the rangers uh their their first round pick from a couple years ago have you seen al lighter around the complex at all is he allowed to watch those games does mlb network ship him off to go somewhere else what's what's the lowdown on the lighter family Oh my gosh, I haven't seen any of them. So who knows? You might be onto something. I will say, as I was pulling in, trying to find where I'm supposed to park, I saw a lot of Rangers players just walking around, just on the sidewalk, a ton of them. It was kind of weird. I wanted to ask where they were going, but I was I was on a mission. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Jacob deGrom, you know, just he needs a lot of extra locker space um, or and, and a table for him to get his massages to feel like, you know, he's doing okay. And so maybe there's like an auxiliary locker room for guys. There's like a little trailer for like a school that has too many kids, uh, you know, you know, coming into it and they, they just need more classrooms. There could be, there could be a, a locker room, a clubhouse trailer, uh, for the Rangers now with all these high profile guys that they've got in their clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers did a lot this offseason, past couple of offseasons. So, I mean, I guess they're kind of waiting for it to really pay off. I low-key like the Rangers. I lived in Arlington for a bit when I was a kid, so I kind of want to see what they're up to, too. I want to see I want to see their spending pay off the way they want it to pay off. Plus, we don't have to play them a lot, so it doesn't really matter for us. Yeah, for now. Well, we'll talk about that next week. If they rearrange, you know, the divisions and they kill the American League and National League, you know, maybe oh, maybe Rangers and Rockies. I talked yeah. about this on one of the pods um, a couple of weeks ago because someone had posted, uh, yeah, this very geographic breakdown of how to split up the how to split up Major League Baseball, and I hated it. I would hate to see the American League and National League go away for something that is purely geographic. And also, it just seems kind of chaos because there are so many teams that share a market. How is that going to work? This is just—it's the worst idea ever. But it's I'm not anything. Yeah. I and I would kind of consider myself old school, but you know, I, I welcome it. Like it, it obviously would be a shame. Uh, we'll figure out a way to contextualize it. And, you know, we can no longer say, Hey, first time in the, in the history of the AL and the, and, and the NL, like, you know, that'll be difficult. That will, that will actually put a hamper, uh, on my ability to come up with weird fun facts, you know, for the first time in 75 years in the American League. Well, the American League doesn't exist anymore. So now everything that happens in the Eastern and Western Conference uh, is going to be uh, pretty wild. 
I would hate for that to happen. I don't like that idea. What's on uh, tap for you today uh, in Arizona? I know the days can be on the longer side uh, down there again with Clubhouse opening up at 8 a.m. Games at 1. Uh, there's still like a post-game wrap-up. You got to collect your thoughts and then you're editing video and all kinds of stuff. But there's always time to find a little a little me time. So for Suzy time, what, what might that entail today? Oh, you want to know about my me time, not what I'm going to do after this after this hit? <laughs> Yeah, what do you got going on? What do I have going on? The great thing about spring training is that you're running into all the people you follow on Twitter and you get to meet them in real life. So I got to do a little bit of that yesterday, hoping to do a little of that the rest of the week. Um, but yeah, the just in general, these days are so crazy and it's so different from what you and I are used to during the regular season. I'll pull back the curtain for our listeners a little bit. So usually after, you know, in a regular game, you just do all those interviews after the game in the clubhouse, but spring training, it's totally different. You were grabbing guys right after they come off the field and then you're actually going on the field to talk to Bud Black right after the game. So it's, it's so different, still very much, it's something to adjust to for sure. But, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to, you know, watch a whole game when you have to keep running down to the clubhouse. It's so weird. Yeah. You don't really know what's happening in the game. It, it can be very strange to say the least. Yeah. I, I, I definitely had that issue, but it's, it's different because, you you're taking everything with a grain of salt because it's like, you know, we'll wait and see what happens when the games really count. And then three games into the season, we could talk about everything going incredibly well. And this is going to be a historic season or this is the worst team ever. But in spring training, you go, Hey, all right. Hey, maybe those changes uh, will actually be good. So uh, that'll be nice. Yeah. You know what? One question I need to start asking guys, I want to know in terms of the pitch clock, who do they think is benefiting more from the pitch clock? Is it pitchers or is it batters? Who do they think is getting the short end of this deal? I'm very curious to start asking that question. It sounds to me like you're teasing your own appearance on tomorrow's show with that information. And I like it. I like your style. I'm looking forward to, to finding out who's going to benefit most. Yeah, yeah me, too, me too, for sure. For sure. All right. Thank you, Susie. Uh, enjoy the game today. Any prediction on the score? Because you can bet on spring training games. So we might as well. Are you taking the Rockies here with uh, Gomber on the hill against uh, Jack Leiter? Oh, boy. I am so excited to see what Gomber has to show us this, this spring training. I don't know. I think it's going to be close. The Rockies might not have this one. They are undefeated. I think it's going to be close. You can say tie, you know. It's spring training. You are allowed to say that. I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna get a tie. I think we're gonna get the first Rockies tie in spring training. There you go. There you have it, Susie. Thank you so much. Looking forward to talking to you tomorrow. Have fun down there. Uh, Logan asked in the chat uh, about KOA. I know KOA is doing actually a lot of broadcast early on uh, in the spring. Uh, it, it is a little touch and go. I know one of the first three games was not on the radio, uh, but uh, I believe today's game game will be. There's a couple of the TV. As long as as long as the TV, uh, as long as AT and T Sports still exists, I think mm -hmm. they're still going to follow through on those games. But they will cease to exist after March 30th. But it's going to go back to Root Sports, and uh, I don't think we're going to have a Nuggets Av situation on our hands. Uh, which is nice. I think MLB is going to step in and really make sure everything gets taken care of in some some shape or form, right? Yeah, you, you hope so. But, I mean, honestly, this is kind of shattering a lot of the different sports leagues right now. Um, everybody's scrambling on the NBA, and NHL, and MLB side. So we'll see. We're yeah. just going to have to see what happens. We're going to have to see what happens in the NL West because we got to answer the age-old question, why the West was won. Not how. But why? And I mean, is it, Kenneth, you're the guest. Go ahead. Tell me what team and why they are going to either win the West or why they're not going to win the West this year based on based on something that you've noticed this spring or this offseason. Uh, you know what? It, it's too easy to just <laughs> put the Dodgers right at the top. And they deserve the benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to go with a little bit of a reason why they won't win the NL West Ooh, this year. Ooh, okay. And they're they're not going to win the West this year because they have a red beard deficiency. 
Mm, they do. It's Justin Turner, man. He's gone. He has been a stalwart for the Los Angeles Dodgers throughout this entire run of excellence. He's logged over a thousand games and has been kind of the uh, clubhouse leader, the captain of this juggernaut is, that has won the West every year, but won during that span. He's off to Boston now. Two-year deal. He's gone. There's no more Captain Redbeard to worry about with the Los Angeles Dodgers. They still have Mookie. They still have Freeman. They still have J.D. Martinez, who they brought in. So there's, you know, an, an ability to have a new clubhouse leader, but that that core guy is no longer there. That could set them back. That could he, set them back. He's definitely been that guy. I mean, you look at the deal that he even got last year as a one-year deal, and you go, oh, you're paying that much for a guy of his age? Mm-hmm. But it was what he brought to the clubhouse, right? It, it was that leadership skill. So, yeah, they... They basically trade Turner for for JD Martinez there. Uh, on a similar note, you know, I, I I still haven't decided if I'm if I'm picking the the Padres over the Dodgers. But on a similar note, um, Dodgers are a little bit suspect right now. When you look at their nine up lineup, pretty much six through nine in the order, not great. And now this mm-hmm. was last night when I, I, in in my head thinking about what I would say, batting sixth uh, in some of the projected lineups was Gavin Lux. All of a sudden now knee no injury, mass. he's gone. Yeah. So you've got. You know, Trace Thompson, David Peralta, Miguel Vargas will be okay. He'll be another one of those rookies that jumps in immediately and gets in on the action. But the bottom of their lineup is a little bit suspect. Chris Taylor will be in in the mix uh, a little bit here and there. Miguel Rojas, of course, when he comes back uh, from injury. But ultimately, I feel like they just lack some thump after number five, after Martinez, who, you know, if you get 25 home runs at him, I think you'd be really happy. But how many other guys are they going to get over that 25 mark? Freeman? Maybe just you're going to get 25 out of him. Maybe you get 20 out of Will Smith. Mookie, maybe you get 30 out. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they just don't have the 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 game-changing bat, that one swing that can change the outlook of the game. They, they just don't have that right now. Yeah, and this is a weird transition year right. um, for the Dodgers because they've always been uh, so notable because they have the ability to spend, but also they are consistently producing an excellent farm system. And now, instead of pulling a Padres where all of them get shipped out, you're now giving these guys the chance to play. So maybe Miguel Vargas is somebody that comes in and can and can really, um, you know, uh, provide some serious thump to that lineup. And you're never in a bad state when you're starting with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and an all-star caliber catcher in Will Smith. Yeah. Um, it might not be as scary of a lineup as it was, though, when you had like the Cody Bellinger MVP years. And then now you add a Mookie Betts onto an existing powerful and potent lineup. You lose Bellinger. You lose Turner. You're looking at a couple of guys to start filling shoes. Trey Turner is another one that's a huge piece um, that they ended up losing. So some star power has dropped off, and they're relying on some very heralded guys to step up and become excellent Major League players kind of right away. That's a bit of a recipe for a step back. And any step back for the Dodgers, you know, brings them back to earth is the nice part. But coming back down to earth could end up losing them the division. San Francisco Giants are in a similar boat where they have lost a lot of guys. Um, Their rotation is very likable. I like their rotation. They're very likable. uh, Five guys there. Um, But their, their roster and their lineup just really lacks in it factor. And you say, well... Wasn't that true of, of 2021 where they won 107 games? And you could even go back to their three World Series where they win it all in 2010. And then it's like, you know, sub 500 the next year, win the World Series. One of the worst teams in baseball, seemingly. And then they win the World Series. So, like, they could do it again. But they've lost a lot of guys from that 2021 team that won 107 games. No Buster Posey there. No Kevin Gaussman. Brandon Belt's gone. You had a career year from from uh, Brandon Crawford, uh, who was there. Longoria was still there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and you somehow you got Jake McGee to save thirty one games, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> they they just really lack that thing. They've got some guys. Mitch Hanniger was a nice addition. Um, Michael Conforto was yeah. a nice addition. And again, I like their rotation, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were in the playoff hunt. But this, you can't predict another hundred seven win season, despite the fact that okay. It, it looks similar to 2021, but it, but it doesn't. It's just lacking those those big three guys, like I said, Posey and Belt and Gossman. And so for that reason, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, Rodon was a big piece for him last year that, that went over and, and signed with the Yankees. Um, it's 
a little bit of a benefit of the doubt that you give the Giants that they'll be able to get the most out of what they have. Um, and that's really what was at the, the core of them, winning 100-plus games and taking that division crown from the Dodgers. But the same way we talked about Justin Turner possibly being, you know, losing Justin Turner being a setback for the Dodgers, once Posey left, it's a different Giants. I mean, just straight up, that was the heart and core of that team. He's no longer in the equation, so you're having to kind of figure out your identity a little bit. Um, but again... Devil magic is what comes to mind with them. They just have a way of getting the most and optimizing out of veterans. Maybe you look at it of an outfield that somehow has a second wind of uh, Peterson, Hanniger, and Michael Conforto. Brandon Crawford continues to uh, be a guy. You know, their rotation is veteran. It's pretty good. And yeah. Logan Webb is a great starting point. Yeah. So they need to make the most out of the veteran pieces they have. But at least they've shown they could do that before. So, you know, do you trust the voodoo? coming out of San Francisco, are they able to do it again? That's the big question, and that's what would have to happen for them to win the West. On the flip side, you have a very young roster in the Arizona Diamondbacks, and while I'm not sure they might win the West, but there is a reason enough to say maybe they can buck the trend. They they are young, they are talented, and the thing is is that they've really in, in, increased their depth. Mm -hmm. And like I think that's kind of... That's kind of the biggest thing. They've got these young players that are going to be future all-stars, but they had a lot of really good depth pieces with some upside as well. You know, the Dalton Varsha trade, hey, you removed a really talented player, probably on the cusp of becoming an all-star, um, but you brought back, you know, Gabriel, Gabriel Moreno, mm -hmm. and you say, oh, that guy's essentially going to be your backup behind Carson Kelly. And so that's a good, that's a decent, pretty decent one-two punch that you've got there um, for, for Kelly and his ability to, to handle that, that starting rotation. Uh, you got Lourdes Gurriel, too, and adds a nice little right-handed bat. They also got Kyle Lewis there from the outfield, 2020 American League Rookie of the Year Award winner. Uh, they also signed a bunch of guys uh, to, like, one-year deals. Uh, Evan Longoria, as we just talked about, Zach Davies, Andrew Chafin, who's a nice little left-hander. We'll see if maybe he ends up closing this year if they don't, uh, you know, trot out Mark Melanson again. And then two former Rockies relievers that they've signed, Miguel Castro. Mm -hmm. and, and you know who the second one is? Uh, I don't off the top of my head. Well, it's because he, he never actually pitched for the Rockies. Scott McGuff. He went over uh, to Japan. He was an Albuquerque guy. He was in isotopes uh, back in 2018, uh, but was really good over in Japan. So, I mean, they've got these enough of these pieces where you could squint and say, they're going to be exciting. They're going to make some noise. Mm -hmm. They're going to be a disruptor this year and then next year. Forget about it. They 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 might be in the hunt to really challenge and do some things in twenty four. It's definitely a team on the rise, and that's yep. the, the best way to look at it. When you look at the dark uh, the Dalton Varsho trade, they're dealing from an area of strength. It's not yeah. that you lose Dalton Varsho and you're like, oh, what are we going to do now with our outfield? You have Alec Thomas, Jake McCarthy, and you have the best, arguably the best prospect in baseball in Corbin Carroll. That's going to be the starting point for the outfield. Maybe Kyle Lewis is able to you know, find a second win and come back from the injuries that derailed his career in Seattle. So um, adding Gabriel Moreno is more than just, hey, this is going to be a good backup catcher. This is an all-star ceiling that they acquired for Dalton Varsho, so That's it's right. going to fit in very well with Corbin Carroll with that left-handed outfield. And then, oh, by the way, you have Jordan Lawler and... Drew Jones coming on the horizon. Lawler maybe as soon as this year. Maybe. Um, they have a couple of guys, too, like Geraldo Perdomo, who was a pretty well-regarded shortstop prospect um, that maybe could take a step forward that some people weren't expecting. So He's on their bench right now. Like Again, that yeah. goes to their depth right now. It's, it's, it's an exciting group, and it's on the rise. But there's a small chance that they could arrive a year too soon. They could be one of those surprise teams where everything starts clicking a little bit, and I think there's one thing that could happen. To, uh, one thing that needs to happen for that to be the case, and it's Mason Saunders rides again. Ooh, giddy up! Madison Bumgarner He's has been kind of a disaster He's for the Arizona Diamondbacks, but you start with Zach Allen. He is a bona fide ace for the rotation. If you're able to get vintage Madison Bumgarner for just three quarters of a season, that could keep them in contention. While somebody like Corbin Carroll, uh, maybe Moreno steps up, as we talked about, that Perdomo um, evolution could occur, or maybe Jordan Lawler breaks out, and there's a little bit more offense that's coming along the line, but. To his point in his career, Madison Bumgarner is 15 and 29 with a 4.98 ERA and 65 starts with the Diamondbacks. It's been real poopy. It's been real bad. So if they can <laughs> just get a co-ace, and if maybe Bumgarner lives up to that deal for even three quarters of a season, that could make them a surprise team. You give That's two, right. you know, a one-two punch that makes them a tough series every single time. 
they could you know surprise some people and arrive a year too soon. We talked about this, of course, on the the PHNX Dbacks mm-hmm. uh, podcast last week when I was down there. That again, if you're if you're in the hunt in, in September, I think you want a guy like Madison Bumgarner giving some of those you know Jason Hayward rain delay type speeches of <laughs> hey guys, like I I know this group can do it. I, I've seen it. I've been a part of some World Series winners. So I mean, that's a guy that that's going to be really really positive for the clubhouse. San Diego's clubhouse is is wild, man. They uh, they are loaded with guys. One through four, up and down the lineup: Bogarts, Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., who should be playing in his first spring mm-hmm. training game here. Today. Uh, first time even suiting up for the Padres since October third of of twenty twenty one. Yeah. So it's it's been a long time. Um, I think they have enough depth to get the job done because it, it's not as much as it's been because they've traded away all their young guys. Sort uh, of. And they don't have sort of they. I, I think their lineup is what has depth. Like if you just look at them one through nine mm-hmm. and you go, man, some of these guys hitting fifth, sixth, seventh might be a little bit more towards the middle top of the lineup. And the, you know, eighth and ninth, you're like there again, there are some teams that might have that guy batting cleanup potentially, maybe not a very good team, but still their lineup just has depth one through nine. And sure. They're going to have to, you know, supplement a little bit with, with guys on the bench that might not be as good. Um, but they've got a decent uh, uh, amount of, of pitching, you know, in AAA. Adrian Morahone, you know, Brent Honeywell. You, you got to hope maybe if uh, if he's recovered. Uh, Reese Kinnear, who they've used a lot last year. Jay Groom, lefty from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, look, there there are some things that you can look at and say they have enough of the depth. Even even if you don't like their depth, you can't deny just how talented their roster is right now. At least. Up, bef- uh, you know, at least one kettlebell injury ago <laughs> when Joe Musgrove hurt himself. That news broke this morning, right? Yeah, it did, and that's a tough one because that's one of the guys that they're definitely leaning on. Um, yes, uh, Musgrove and Darvish. It kind of has to start there with the rotation, so it becomes that much more apparent for them to kind of give the Dodgers a taste of their own medicine. Because one yeah. thing that has made the Dodgers so well regarded and and such a great team is they are able to create the depth by some reclamation projects some you know getting the most out of some guys that other teams weren't able to if you look at tyler anderson last year obviously rockies fans know him very well tyler anderson kind of in his last year in colorado and then moving on to pittsburgh it felt like he was done and then last year he comes out and he basically has an all-star season because right. of what the Dodgers were able to do, where they just anything they touch turns to gold. San Diego's trying that a little bit with some of the names you mentioned. And, you know, I think Jay Groom stands out as a, as a big potential piece for that, a well-regarded prospect for Boston that they kind of gave up on. Right. Um, but Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo, those are two guys where they're trying to do a bit of a conversion for it. So they need somebody to kind of come out of that pack of the quote-unquote depth and really take over um, being that stalwart next to Musgrove when he returns and Darvish. And then the other thing I'll say is, obviously, when you look at you know the acquisitions of Bogarts and Soto and just the way that the, the Padres have conducted their business, you'd think that their farm system is completely barren at this point. <laughs> but if they want, they still kind of have an enticing package that they can throw out there. So like, sure. if it's untenable with the, with the Angels and Otani, during this season, and he's gone for good. Well, if you start with Dylan Lesko and Jackson Merrill as a trade package, it's a lot of high upside. It's a lot of high risk, but those could be centerpieces for a rotation and for a lineup in the future for a team that's trading for him. So San Diego, maybe they're just still one star short, which is weird to say because they've got <laughs> all of them. Yeah, I mean, Luis Camposano is is a guy, I think that, that prospect buzz is, is obviously off there but okay that that looks nice kind of mm-hmm. like the the uh the deal last year for soto where there are some prospects that still you had hope for and then other guys where there's questions about but it makes you feel good because you're like oh i i know that name like that's that's someone that's a that's a person that i can feel good you know trading a, a superstar player like Mackenzie gore that was the top pitching prospect right okay that's a fine starting point but then it's also four or five guys that come over in a package sure they still have one more left in that farm system if they really want to pull the trigger for it yeah yeah they they could do it they, they've got one last one of those runs and, and mm-hmm. those guys aren't going to help them anytime soon jackson merrill i think a little bit closer than uh lesko who's, who's a high school product so um and i don't i don't think you want to trade ethan salas the the next catcher of of the future so not but, yet at least but hey but uh, who knows stranger you, things have happened yeah you can't you can't count it out with aj preller man nobody is safe from and peter traded. seidler too hey, yeah madison bumgarner you know what? we'll eat your contract <laughs> why not like He's uh, he's 
He's somebody to be almost concerned about as well. Stephen A. Cohen, he at least is a 16 billionaire, whereas Peter Seidler doesn't have that much money, yet he is spending. That is maybe more questionable for MLB owners to say, hey, wait a minute, I have as much money as you and I'm not spending that. That's making me look really bad. Stephen A. Cohen, fine, he's a unicorn. We still got to stop him. We still got to shut that down. But Peter Seidler, you know, it would be interesting to know how how badly he's rubbing people the wrong way i think Stephen a cohen he's getting all the headlines with peter seidler uh he's making things uncomfortable as well all around baseball with the padres banners hang forever they do like i, I get it from the ownership standpoint i don't agree with it but i get it at least but hey if he wins and it's uh you know for a reason i don't think any san diego fans are going to be complaining about it no nope. really don't if you need to complain to us, you can find us on Twitter at DNVR mm-hmm. underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at on Twitter. Kenneth, working on uh, any articles and also go ahead and uh, feel free to plug away on Twitter. Yeah, I'm at Twitter at KDub1988. And then uh, you can find me over at Purple Row. I'm going to be doing the uh, Pebble Report every Monday during the season. Nice. Um, also right now, just finish up some prospect storylines throughout the season. And we're doing a, uh, a preview for each minor league level. Fresno Grizzlies just dropped on Monday, so Spokane's coming up next Monday. Getting you prepped for the minor league season. There you go. Philly Dom saying don't count out the Giants. You can't. I mean, you can't. No. But if I had to, I mean. I don't I don't believe in the Giants. I'd have to. But, yeah. you know, when uh, if they're still over 500 in August. Hmm, That's right. Know, they, could, they can linger. Well, best believe we will be back tomorrow because as, well, really only I like to say, Momentum is only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you tomorrow again at 11 a.m. where we've got Brendan Vogt coming in as our special guest talking a little NL Central, Cardinals, and uh, all kinds of silliness that that guy likes to get up to. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you're tuned in on the DNVR Sports Channel tomorrow at 11 a.m. where we'll be back at it. See you then.